0: Welcome to Sixers and Six, America's favorite six-minute Sixers podcast. I'm your host, Miggy DeLeon, and join with me as always is one Chris Hipple. Say hi. Built for the
1: playoffs, baby. Uh, More like built for getting swept. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um,
0: Last pod, I didn't even know what to say. This pod, I'm even in more distress. I'm even more sad. And uh, we lost... 110 to 106. I don't even really feel like talking about this game. Is there anything that really stuck out to you other than you know Tobias Harris being a man of steel, hitting his head and seemingly getting concussed, but then coming back five minutes later?
1: All I will say is the Sixers' medical staff will never <laughs> <cease to laughs> amaze me. Oh yeah, he true, yeah. smashed his head <laughs> off the floor. There was blood everywhere.
0: Yeah, they they held Dude up. Dude went that...
1: back in the game.
0: Why, Chris, a lot of has happened since this game, one of which is Brett Brown got shit-canned. Didn't really take too long, and now there's some whispers of Ty Lu coming to the Sixers. But what do you have to say about Brett Brown? You know, rest in peace. Any good memories from him? What do you want to talk about?
1: Uh, I have so much to say. Uh, let's keep it quick. My favorite Brett memory, some people have shared this online, after Game 5 versus the Heat, uh, two playoffs ago when we won, and he was telling J.J. Redick, J.J., ring the bell, and J.J. turned right back around and gave the bell back to Brett. I'm going to get choked up. (laughs) Brett Brown, ring the bell for your first playoff series win, and then they all doused him with water. I really Mm. encourage everyone to, to look this clip up on YouTube, and then Joel just hugs Brett to his bosom, (laughs) <laughs> and Brett just rests his head and it's just its just such a different, oh my God, such a wonderful time.
0: Yeah, back, back when things were happier, when we weren't getting swept. And mm. uh, Brett Brown is obviously getting a lot of flack, eh, you know, as he should. But Elton Brand, though, is not fired. He seems to be sticking around, which brings up an interesting thing, you know. We were discussing this off pod, but before the season, we liked these moves for the most part. Well, and by we, I mean like the, the populace. The ESPN liked the moves. I liked the moves. And it obviously didn't work out. And it's the classic case of just... For the record... I, 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 really know like moods, <laughs> I know you did not. I know you did not. That's what I said. you want to take this That's opportunity gen- <laughs> to
1: apologize to me for making me apologize to Al Horm I'm not going
0: me. to apologize for anything because you apologized on your own. I didn't force you to do anything. You just apologized because it I was the right thing to do. I never apologized.
1: And I never will.
0: And um, it just should be noted that this is this classic process, right? It's not about the result, as our Lord and Savior Sam Hinky would oftentimes say. It's... Did you make the best decisions at the time with the information that you had? And seemingly maybe we did, yeah. but the results, you know, didn't bear its fruit.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting, right? So Elton, Elton sticks are around. A lot of people have lost their favorite scapegoat in, in Brett Brown. So good luck with that. Uh, I don't know which – I feel like a famous coach made this comparison, and I'm going to steal it, you know, but the, the GM – is in charge of like buying the ingredients right
0: uh-huh. getting the
1: groceries huh and the, the head coach is is really the chef and you know i don't think it would surprise anybody for me to make a cooking analogy here but if brett is trying to make a you know a chicken pot pie for example mm. elton gave him some filet mignon and uh you know brett was like all right man like i don't know
0: yeah you know it's tough right Brett Brown, throughout his entire career, has been coaching, as he eloquently put it, like a bunch of gypsies sometimes, you know? How often has he had the same starting five? How often has he had not a lot of roster turnover? And the answer is basically never. We've always given him something crazy, something new. Oh, Jay Rich, Al Horford, and Tobias Harris. It's just, there's so many things that...
1: it is frustrating to your point to to see all the national media today kind of poking fun at the moves the Sixers made when those many of those same people picked the Sixers to be in the finals, right? So mm-hmm. like something changed somehow hindsight is 2020, but initially, right, the idea was we can't keep getting dem- destroyed when Joel leaves the floor. So let's bring in a guy who could be our backup center in Al Horford. It just turned out to be this major overcorrection. Right? Like, we could have brought in a, another guy to be a backup who doesn't cost $110 million and maybe also isn't uh, a veteran who's already washed up. <laughs> I'm curious to see how he, now that he's keeping his job, overcorrects for this year.
0: That sounds like another conversation for another pod. Chris, we are at the Shake Milton Minutes. And um, is this rock bottom, Chris? Can we can this get any worse? <laughs> you know what's what's so interesting
1: is if we potted after game seven last year in the four bounces, I would have told you that was rock bottom. Mm. But the Sixers really find a way. <laughs> and I'm pretty legitimately scared that we're gonna start getting the whispers of a trade demand from Joel Embiid or from the Rich Paul. Group that represent Ben Simmons, and that's going to be our rock bottom.